It's a crossover edition of Locked on Anaheim Ducks today with Dane Lewis from Locked on Stars as we talk about John Klingberg and the last time that the Ducks and Stars met at American Airlines Center. Hit the music. You're Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, how's it going? Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, which is the one place that gives you more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online. Once again, I'm J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade and thanking you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, and you could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. So we're having a special crossover edition of the podcast today, and this will be a fun one because Dane Lewis and I are going to talk a lot about the Stars and the Ducks today, so this will be a good one. Later on in the week, Sarah Avampato will join on the podcast. We're going to talk about jerseys. So her and I mentioned this a couple months ago that we were going to have a crossover about what we envision for each other's jerseys for the reverse retro program so do check that out in the meantime without much further ado here is my crossover with dane lewis from locked on dallas stars let's hit that let, let's see where this goes today i'm jason jd hernandez host of locked on anaheim ducks and to my left there it is is the host of locked on <laughs> stars dane lewis dane how's it going I'm good. I'm. Uh, we were just talking about the the heat before this. 89 where you're at, and 100 here in Texas sounds a little bit better to be uh, where you are. But nonetheless, excited to be talking hockey and talking about one of the better Dallas Stars players of the past decade. Yeah, let, let's lead off with that because that was a pretty big signing when it came out on Friday. While I was running, of all things. <laughs> Can't even train without a deal coming out. But the Ducks signed John Klingberg. Now, this was interesting to me. It's a one-year deal worth $7 million. So first, let's talk about just the contract itself. Because were you surprised that it was also one year? I was. I, I was very surprised. Because I think part of the reason he wasn't coming back to Dallas is he was interested in getting a deal you know, somewhere around the six, seven, eight, you know, duration mark. Um, and then wanting to get a really big pay raise because this is probably, you know, he's in this window where this is probably his last opportunity to get, you know, the big paycheck uh, before he starts to get a little bit older. And, uh, you know, with that comes, you know, probably a decline of production, a decline in minutes per game. So I was really shocked to see the the one year deal. Seven million dollars, a pretty good amount of money to make uh, for one one year. I believe that's the amount that he'll be making. But, yeah, I was really surprised to see the uh, one year deal and. Uh, I imagine that that's going to put a pretty big chip on his shoulder, and you'll you should hopefully expect a pretty productive year from John Klingberg to acquire that said big deal, whether that's from Anaheim or another club. Right, and the thing that gets to me about this is in that one-year contract, there is a no-trade clause until January first, until January, where it's a ten-team mm. no-trade clause. I don't think we've seen very many contracts where the no-trade turns to a ten-team in the middle of a contract during the season. I mean, I, I haven't heard many of these, have you? No, yeah, and it's, you know, just one of those things where there's so many small details and and deals like this that can get overlooked, and then you kind of take that deep dive, and 
yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, you know, the no move clause, no trade clause is pretty common in most deals, but to have it limited to a set number of teams is a little bit more, you know, uncommon. But then, especially in the, you know, that middle of the season, you know, January's, uh, you know, almost right before the All Star break, that is kind of a, an odd, you know, add to yeah. the to the contract for sure. Also, before one other thing around the All Star break, I, hmm, what what do we think that is? Some some kind of deadline, right? Yeah. Yeah, some kind of deadline, nothing yeah. nothing too big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just something, which has spawned the conversation from Anaheim fans and hockey fans all around. What's going to happen with him in the middle of the season? Is he the biggest trade chip all of a sudden, even though the season hasn't started yet? I mean, depending on his production, I think he certainly could be. I mean, you, even this past year, he was one of the more talked about defensemen, especially just with how limited the market would be for free agents this offseason. Uh, and, and so on and so forth. But I think with the Stars having a, a pretty serious, you know, run for the playoffs. And then, of course, Miro Haskinen uh, got mononucleosis right before the trade deadline. Uh, I think that, you know, inclined the team to hold on to Klingberg a little bit longer. Yeah. So, I mean, the seven million would get maybe six million if it was a longer term deal. And when you talk about the Ducks having all this money and I, I've been saying this in the chat, spend the money. You have 25, 26 million to spend, and they finally, finally reached the cap floor with this deal. So the Ducks did accomplish something here. I still don't know if they're done yet, but what kind of production can Klingberg bring to this young Ducks team? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things that he can bring, you mentioned the Ducks being a young team, is he can come in and be a guy that can just be a, a nice veteran presence in the locker room. That's something he's been in Dallas for the past several seasons, you know, uh, when you talk about the the leadership on that team of Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, uh, John Klingberg could easily go up right there next to those guys as far as, you know, a guy who can, you know, play well on the ice, but also conduct himself uh, professionally off the ice and, you know, always be, you know, easygoing with the media and never really running into much trouble off the ice, never involved in any scandals, things like that. So he's a great guy to have in the organization just as far as culture. Uh, and I think that that's just massive across the NHL. Anytime you can bring in a guy that, is a true professional, both on and off the ice. That's always a positive. But as far as the on-ice on production, uh, I mean, he's one of the better offensive defensemen in this league and certainly was that uh, for the Stars, really, ever since he got drafted. He's second in just about every all-time defensive category for the Stars, only behind Sergei Zuboff, who probably the best defenseman in franchise history, just had his number retired this past season. Yep. And Klingberg, a guy that can get it done on both ends. He can play the defensive side pretty well, even though he is starting to get up there in age. He'll turn 30 later this month on August 14th. But the offense is still certainly there. And I think, you know, if you're a Ducks fan looking at the numbers for Klingberg in the past few seasons, maybe you see the a little bit of a dip in goals and assists that might could be attributed to, you know, the, the coaching system and the coaching regime, if you will, of Rick Bonus over the past few years. I mean, while, you know, he was a really good defensive minded coach, I think we saw the offense, uh, you know, kind of be taken away from some of the defensemen on the team, including Miro Haskinen, who, you know, isn't known for his offensive prowess, but definitely has the ability. Even his numbers were a little bit lower under bonus. So, I think under a new system and with the different coaching staff and with the right coaching staff, Klingberg can be utilized on both sides of the ice and can really be that 200 200 foot player uh, that can hopefully, you know, help mentor this next generation of Anaheim Ducks players to be excellent on the ice, but also, you know, be that that good example off the ice as well. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't we see Klingberg in the power play unit a lot last season? 
We did. We did. Yeah. Which, for better or for worse, uh, the Stars' power play, great before the All-Star break, and mm-hmm. was not a factor in games afterwards. It, it just disappeared. It was like a magic trick. A bad Yeah. <laughs> this sounds familiar to Ducks fans because the Ducks had the same thing. They were top five in power play the first half of the season before the All-Star break, and then after that, they were complete, you know, bull funky pretty much (laughs) it it was bad and part of that can be attributed to coaching which is also a big question mark for the ducks because dallas eakins is back for another season but at least assistant coaches well the assistant coaches for the ducks right now are accustomed to being good power play guys and one of those guys i mentioned in past podcasts of myself someone they stole from the ontario rain stutz mike stuthers he's very good at the power play. And also, we've seen uh, Johnson, who was an assistant coach for the Ontario Reign, who, by the way, had the best power play in the American Hockey League. Maybe that'll translate to the NHL level as well. So at least for power play numbers, I have more faith in Klingberg. Not that I didn't have faith in current Ducks right now, but I remember Klingberg part of last season where he just quarterbacked amongst the best in the entire league. Yeah, that, that's you know exactly what he's been for this team over the past several seasons. Like I said, one of the probably the second best defenseman in franchise history, and that's a huge part of it. Is you know he can hold his own on the offensive end, and whether it's you know shooting from the blue line and the puck going in on its own, or just you know finding the right guy that's in front of the net for a tip in or a deflection, he's just incredibly smart uh, at the blue line. I mean, sometimes he you know not always perfect, and sometimes mistakes are made, but. You know, overall, he's a guy that if he's on your power play unit, that you've got a pretty decent chance to to be successful. I think my biggest thing with him is he's very calm, cool, and collected on the blue line, especially on the power play, mm. where he won't he won't bobble too many pucks, right? Right. He'll he'll keep control. He'll bring the puck in. I remember the zone entries for Klingberg; those numbers are pretty good for him overall. So. I, I think in that aspect, it would be a big plus for the Anaheim Ducks, and maybe they can get back to that top five in the power play this year, in the first half at least. Yeah, it's all you know. Sometimes uh, starting out well is you know a good good for the fan base. I know even you know last year the Ducks were kind of a an underdog slept on team in the first half of the season that took a lot of people by surprise with a lot of the young talent that you have there. So I think you know bringing in a guy like John Klingberg could go a long way and maybe extending that a little bit farther than just, you know, the first handful of months of the season. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have to see what happens with him. Yeah. I, I bet that he's going to have a good season. And speaking of betting, ha segue, I <laughs> bet that the Dallas stars are still amongst the middle of the group. As far as Stanley cup odds, the ducks, not so much, but where can one find such odds? Where, where do you think they could find that? Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of places, but uh, I know you're alluding to, of course, the official sports book uh, of the Locked On Podcast Network, Bet Online. Yeah, Bet Online, which has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And frankly, some of the odds are a little fun to watch. Did you know the Toronto Maple Leafs are amongst the top teams to win the cup, according to Bet Online? <laughs> It doesn't surprise me, but if you're a Maple Leafs fan, you might not buy those odds as much as other no. people. <laughs> no, but there are some pretty decent odds in there. I, I know Carolina, they were 20 to 1 out of 15 to 1. I mean, if you want to take a punt on the Hurricanes, that's pretty decent odds. So, yeah, they're all there. And you can check that out at Bet Online, either on your laptop or on your mobile device. 
And once again, Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. And by gamble responsibly, they should probably not bet on the Arizona Coyotes. That's a good start. That's that's certainly a good start. I'd say the Arizona Coyotes and the, the Blackhawks, maybe not the smart bet. Mm, not the Blackhawks. Not the Coyotes and not the Sabres. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, speaking of being responsible, I talked about Klingberg being responsible on the blue line. Ah, segue back. The reason I like Klingberg on this Ducks team is he could mix and match with many different Ducks players. I see him being on that line with Cam Fowler. You have that perfect left-right matchup. And you also have good, I guess, longevity there. The only concern, as you've mentioned... The defensive game isn't quite there compared to other defensemen. Same with Cam Fowler. So this could turn into an offensive, you know, juggernaut of a first line in defense. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, which, you know, sometimes the the best defense is just an unstoppable offense. I think, you know, even the, the avalanche as good of defensive players as they have. I mean, that was a team that was just tough to beat because of the amount of goals and the volume of goals they could score. You know, you look at guys like Kale McCarr, which... Klingberg nowhere near the talent level of Kale McCarr, but you know sometimes the the best defense is no defense and you know just a, a plethora of goal scoring. <laughs> yeah, I mean if nothing else, this Ducks team will be fun. We might have some seven six games. So hey, when the Ducks go down to Texas, we might see a eight to five match, and you'd be all for that. Oh yeah, because the star. I mean, anytime the Stars can score more than two goals in a game, that, even if it's a loss, I mean it's a a step in the right direction. Just with you know sometimes how without offense the team can be and hopefully with uh, a new coaching staff and you know a few added players in free agency we can we can see a little bit of an uptick in offensive numbers for the stars yeah. don't worry the ducks will have a real goal lead next time the ducks and stars face each other i i literally thought of that as i was hitting recording i was like oh we never got to talk about the the e-bug because that was the last no. game of the season and you know the playoffs started and you know, chaos with the playoffs. Yeah, we never got to talk about the uh, the e-bug in Dallas, the final game of the season. Yeah, we never got to, t- to talk. I mean, we could talk about that right now just because even though it's a few months removed from that, I mean, yeah, I was gone for a couple of weeks there. But, you know, why don't we talk about that game just for a hot minute? Because No, let's do it. Because it, it was weird. I still cannot believe that Hodges was goaltending there. Could you, Tom Hodges coming in? Yeah, and it was so bizarre because I wasn't actually even able to watch the game on TV. I was listening on the radio because uh, I was traveling and had like taken, a, you know, gone away from the game for a second and came back. And they kept referring to this Hodges guy. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And then they, I eventually found out, you know, e-bug situation that he was literally like in the stands eating a hot dog. I'm pretty sure when they came up and said, hey, you got to suit up. And, you know, then I look on social media and I see the the Ducks goalie wearing a, you know, a Stars helmet and pretty sure he had green or black or you know white and green pads on uh, yep. just such a bizarre situation for the end of the season but you know he, he did pretty well all things considered I mean that's a tough situation to be put into and you know I, he did about as well as he could have yeah I mean he did allow the one goal but he did as well as anybody I did love the applause that he got after the game from the stars fans yeah. and I love that he got the third star of the game by the way yeah, it's just a unique story that now he has that to, you know, 
tell for the rest of his life. I mean, that's a, a once in a lifetime experience. And if I'm not mistaken, that one goal was to Jason Robertson. So no shame there. I mean, he was a, a 40 goal scorer. So he was getting pucks past some of the best in the league. So, you know, that's a, that's, that's a tough guy to defend against when you're in the crease, especially yeah. when you woke up that morning, not knowing you would be going up against a, a 40 goal scorer in Jason Robertson. Yeah. I mean, that, that's an all-star caliber player right there. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard to beat any all-star caliber player. I mean, you know, the next line of goalies, you know, Naipa Hodge is on that list right there with David Ayers of the Hurricanes. And who am I missing here? There's another name that I'm forgetting about. Um, Scott Foster for the Blackhawks. I knew I'd remember mm. that. <laughs> so he, he now joins that list of e-bugs that have come in. And, you know, I do love the little British accent he had there. I, I just love Tom Hodges so much. I wish the best for him. Yeah, I, I do too. Such a, a cool story. And like just to cap off the regular season that way, I mean, that's a, a great storyline. <laughs> yeah, I think the other weird part of the storyline is that he uh, doesn't have 100% vision in his, I want to say his left eye. So he doesn't have exactly 20-20 vision. And there he is, Warren, number 68. No name on the back, but... There he was saving goals. That was also weird, too. I can't remember the last time that a player played an NHL game with no nameplate on the back. That was really bizarre to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess in a situation like that, I mean, you just don't have time to to be prepared for that. Because, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the e-bug is provided by the home team and Anaheim was the road team in that game. So it's not like they could just stitch together a, a Hodges nameplate for the, the back of the, the Ducks jersey he had on. Yeah, maybe they ran out of one letter or something. <laughs> yeah, they had all all the letters except like the D in the middle or the you know the E, some random letter. And no, they know, got plenty of E's. It it's the D or the G at, at some point. <laughs> like, yeah. oh man, don't so quite cool. have it. So let's talk about to wrap up the. Klingberg loss and the signing, what it means for both teams. How big of a loss is it for the Stars? It's it's a pretty big loss, but it's one that I think Stars fans have come to terms with, just with how long this has been rumored and it seemed inevitable, even for after the trade deadline, that he was probably going to walk and and we would you know lose him for nothing, uh, just because this guy has been such a huge piece of this franchise ever since he got drafted in 2010. And before we recorded today, I was looking back at our 2010 draft, only five picks. And these are the picks in order. Jack Campbell, who never really played for the stars. I think he had one game uh, recorded the loss in that game, but now he's the newest goalie at Edmonton. Uh, Patrick, yeah. Patrick Nemeth, the second pick in the draft for the stars. I think he's now with the coyotes uh, mm-hmm. scored two goals last season with the Rangers. And one of them ironically against the Dallas stars, but you know, a defenseman that probably a lot of people, they were expecting him to to be the quote-unquote premier defenseman from this draft class. And then, you know, he never really panned out in Dallas and is still, you know, just kind of been a, a journeyman in the NHL. And then two other guys, uh, Alexander Gupto, I believe is how you say his name, and Alex Thoreau. I, I, I might be mispronouncing that, but two guys that never even saw the NHL. Uh, I remember both of them. Yeah, never never made it to the NHL. The second guy never even made it to the AHL. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even. He ended up actually retiring early uh, due to a hip injury, at age twenty. So I mean, just a an unfortunate ending to the career there. But Klingberg was the last pick in that draft. Uh, I believe one hundred and thirty first overall, and 
you know, he's panned out to to be one of the best players in recent franchise memory. And like I said earlier, one of the one of the best defensemen in franchise history, certainly. And, you know, he's an incredibly clutch player in the playoffs, especially I think what most people will remember him for is the the game winning goal in game six against Nashville in 2019. And just yep. a, a, a guy that's very easy to root for. And I know a lot of people are, are pretty upset that he's gone, but also understand that, you know, we just didn't have the money to bring him back for what he wanted if we wanted to hold on to Jake Ottinger and Jason Robertson and Rope Hintz, who's going to be uh, a free agent at the end of next season. So it's one of those, you know, this is a, a business as the cliche goes in this world. And John Klingberg wanted to get what he thought he deserved pay-wise. And, you know, $7 million this season is certainly a good payment amount, but you you better believe that he will, you know, work as hard as he can to earn the next paycheck, whatever that looks like for him after this season. Yeah, it feels like a show-me contract for sure. And by the way, love those fifth-round picks. I mean, the Ducks now have two of them. Troy Terry, also a fifth-round pick, and John Klingberg, by the way. So, yeah. Always going to get those deep picks down the line. And something that you mentioned, I mean, it's only one year, and to me, this really is a show-me-what-you've-got deal. And because it's a one-year deal, I think he's going to go balls out for the first four or five months. And whatever happens first half of the season, I feel like it's still a win-win for the Ducks. Here's why. If the Ducks are terrible, that could happen. They could trade him, and he could get a first-round pick at least back, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. At, at least a first, maybe a second as well, maybe a prospect. I mean, that would be a huge rental to get. But if the Ducks have an amazing season, he might want to stick around. I personally would rather see him stick around because, to your point, he's the second best defenseman in Dallas Stars. And who's to say that he cannot replicate that with Anaheim Oh, in hockey, right? Yeah, that's that's the great part of the game. You never know when, you know, change of scenery is the, you know, really what gets guys going. I mean, we saw it with, with Nazem Kadri this past season. He's been a, yeah. a decent player and, you know, gets to Colorado and then just has the season of his life. And now he's, you know, making us all hold our breath of where he's going to sign. So the Ducks have money. They still have about 20, not 20 million, but they have a lot of cap space. I'm just saying they have the space. Why not go after Kadri for a year? Two? He's not going to get a year. Not happening. Man, if it did, though, that that definitely raises the uh, the stock behind the Anaheim Ducks for this season, I think. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it, though, because they still have to re-sign guys the following year. Mm. And who knows about the coach then? Who knows which players are going to stick around? How much Zegris is going to want? I think he's going to want a bit of money. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine so. And if he follows up his uh, his rookie campaign, he'll he'll likely be deserving of said money. Yep. And he'll join other rookies there. Um, Mason McTavish will be a rookie this season. Uh, oh, there's one name that I have not mentioned, and I feel like it'd be slanderous if I didn't mention this or didn't talk about this. There's a young defenseman for the Ducks that I think could learn a lot from Klingberg, and that's Jamie Drysdale. Drysdale is another one of those guys that can't offensive side is possible defensively uh does have a little bit of shorthand i mean he's not the best defensive defenseman but good skating good overall play great offensive player and i think if there's one guy that i hope klingberg takes under his wild wing that that would be jamie drysdale i mean he's still only 20 he's only 20 years old folks 
he can't even drink in this country yet. <laughs> and he's already doing a lot of stuff. So I say to everyone, have patience with Drysdale. Defensemen typically take a little bit longer to develop anyway. Mm. And I, I think Drysdale could be the guy that could, I guess, maybe mold himself a little bit to Klingberg's game, learn a little bit from him. That's what I'm hoping for. So that's why I really hope Klingberg sticks around is so JD can have someone to learn from at that position. Absolutely. That's that sounds like, you know, right up Klingberg's alley to to be the good teammate that he's been in Dallas, that that's going to mm-hmm. that's going to translate to Anaheim very well. And yeah, Drysdale is certainly a guy that will likely benefit from, you know, his uh, mentorship, if you will. And I know there's plenty of guys on this stars roster that probably, you know, relate to that. Thomas Harley is a guy that um, was finally starting to get some pretty consistent NHL minutes, and he'll probably have to take on a bigger role this season with his absence, as well as Colin Miller, who is a free agent from Buffalo that we got. Uh, never really got to spend time with Klingberg, but I mean, you, you just talk about big shoes to fill or big skates to fill. I mean, that is certainly the case. Uh, Miro Haskinen, obviously the the future here in Dallas as far as defensemen, but there's got to be that second guy that can step in and, and be, you know, the next great leader of this defensive core. And Ryan Suter, great veteran presence, not as talented as John. No, Klingberg no. At his, at his age, because he is definitely at the, the back end of his career. Klingberg, probably still has seven or eight pretty good years ahead of them uh, if he can stay healthy, which he's done a really good job of in his career. That's another nice thing about Klingberg is he's if he's down, it's for a few games, but then he's typically right back in the thick of things. And to your point, I guess one final thing to, to mention is conversely, Jamie Dreisel won't have to have the pressure of being on the first line defensive. Now he can kind of relax a little bit, go to that second line, and not have to be the guy at only, at the time, 19 years old. He was supposed to be, like, the guy at 19. You know how much pressure that is? You know, there's throwing to the Wolves, and there's what the Ducks did to young Dreisel at 19 years old. Poor kid. I mean, I, I love JD. Don't put all the pressure on him. Let him get to that second line. He'll probably flourish a lot there. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that, that certainly seems like a, you know, like any advantage that Drysdale can gain from Klingberg coming, it seems like he he will likely get, uh, whether that is the pressure being taken off of him, the mentorship, the teaching. It, it just seems like a very nice addition to that locker room for the Ducks and John Klingberg. And I'm sad to see him go, but, you know, at least he didn't go to a Central Division team. I, I find it a little bit easier to, you know, s- still support Stars players when they don't play for division rivals. And you know, Klingberg will will fit that, and I'm sure that whenever he's back in Dallas, I would hope and expect uh, the Stars faithful to, you know, I, I imagine there will be some sort of tribute video that gets played, and uh, if Stars fans aren't appreciative and happy to see him back, I'll I'll be pretty disappointed. But I, for one, will be happy to see him uh, when he comes back to Dallas. But again, I don't I don't expect any, uh, you know, negative criticism against Klingberg, just given everything he's done for this franchise. The Stars fans had better applaud him hard. They'd better. They 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 typically are pretty kind when it comes to former players and then it just in general i mean obviously we talked about the you know the hodges situation uh they're they're a pretty easy crowd to you know once you've done something right or you've done you know something to gain their favor they they typically will uh show their appreciation so i I expect it and i'm sure a lot of people will be excited to see him back in texas uh whenever the ducks come to town yep all right so oh folks can find me on twitter by the way at stimpyjd as you can see comsa and Dane, where can they find your information? 
yeah, they can find me just at Dane two underscores and my last name at Lewis. And then uh, our show, just a simple at locked on stars. So a really quick and simple search for any stars updates as far as the team or the show. Awesome. And let's do this again at some point. Yeah, for sure. Whenever uh, the Ducks and Stars get together, we'll definitely have to cross over because I'm sure yeah. there will be a lot to talk about as far as how Klingberg's doing. And, uh, you know, with the NHL, there's, there's always something to talk about in the season. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it was fun. Yes, sir. Once again, huge thanks to Dane Lewis for joining the program today. And thank you all for listening so very much. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others, and also on YouTube. So do check that out. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And on Twitter, I'm at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. We'll still be having shows throughout the summer, so do check those out. Hit that subscribe button and enjoy it. All right, once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together. That's communication. <laughs>